Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Oh, you smell like a winner. Americans love a winner. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Win a winner chicken dinner. How about that? We're excited. I mean, this is what you play for. You play for an opportunity to get into the playoffs. Three for three now, Trubisky, and throwing again, but the pressure is on. He dumps it off. Into the end zone is Darnell Mooney, and that's the Chicago Bear touchdown. We had a bad streak going there, but we knew if we stuck together and battled as a family and just kept leaning on each other, that we could make a run. David Montgomery straight ahead, and that's a Bears touchdown. Trying to get more. It's Montgomery, who has a hole. Montgomery to the end zone. What a run for the Bears, and a at the end of the day, it just comes down to being focused one day and one game at a time. Seven defensive backs for the Bears. Vikings need a Hail Mary from Cousins in the end zone, tipped in the air. Intercepted. Intercepted. And the Bears have sealed it. We're in a good spot. We just got to keep that going. What time is it? It's the Hamp and OB Show. You don't want to admit it, but you know it. Mitchell Trubisky played well. And maybe he's sticking around. So are the Bears. Playoff hopes alive. Hamp and OB. Oh, my. Hamp and OB. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Chevy. Here's Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. Hamp and OB with you till 10 o'clock. 312-981-7200. That is the phone number with you as we are indeed building a bridge to the playoffs damn it two wins in a row ob you called the game on sunday z super bowl and uh yeah that was they won the super bowl ob well that certainly wasn't a mystery to me i mean my god they they had nothing you talk about your backs up against the wall and there was there's just a little teeny flicker at the end of the tunnel and guess what they went up there and took care of business and that's a good thing. I'm not we got t- now this next week. This is another Super Bowl. But the amazing thing is the, um, the the teams that they have played the last three seasons with their one and loss records. It they, I, it just keeps falling their way one after another. We're going down to Florida, Jacksonville, and Jacksonville, folks. In case you don't know it, so far with two remaining games, they have one win, one win. And, and then if we play the Packers, uh, there's a good chance you might not see a lot of their major stars. And somehow, somehow, we might just get into the playoffs. And that would be a good thing. Because the one thing I do know, once you get into the playoffs, and if you're going to play a team that's 15-1, and one, and you're like 9-7 and seven or 10-6, and six, all bets are off, folks. Boy, you talk about one and done. It's every player one and done, every quarter, and you got to take it all the way to the end. And if you get in there, I don't care who, I hope the heck they do. If they get in, it's nothing. Nothing, everything is laid out. As a matter of fact, Danny, everything's got to be laid out come this Sunday and the following Sunday. We can't take these two... Two games for granted. That's for damn sure. Yep. And you know what, Mark Harmon, if you listen, listen closely, you can hear that engine purring. That's the Super Bowl Express. That's what I'm talking about. Sitting in the, uh, in the, in the station 
waiting for the callers to call in and reserve a seat on that Chicago Bears Super Bowl Express. But it's it's really funny. I was thinking, coming in tonight, think about what has gone on in the NFL the last couple of weeks. You had the Los Angeles Rams in the driver's seat, a team that beat us senseless. We didn't even score a touchdown. And yet... They lost three in a row or something? No, the Jets go out there and take them apart at the seams. The crappy Jets who've never won a game. And then, what did we see on Monday night? We saw the Steelers, who were 11-0 and and invincible and, no, no, oh, one of the great teams of all. Well, guess what? The Bengals, with a bunch of nobodies, beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. So I think what you're trying to say is, of all years, you know, and, and are you scared of the Saints? I watched that game really close. I'm just telling you, I ain't scared of the Saints. I ain't scared of Green Bay. I, if, if you just happen to get in, anything is possible. And you know what? Absolutely. A guy like Patrick Mahomes, you could twist an ankle. Somebody could, you know, whack it and break a finger or something. You, you never know. So, all that being said, the Super Bowl Express is waiting for you, Danny, Mark Carmen. Let me tell you something. With with our with our defense and and and, and I, I what I saw what I'm seeing a little bit more are the line tricks. And I'm seeing blitzes. Uh last week I saw a few blitzes. And this is what we're gonna have to do, Dan, because that defense we've had uh, about the first half of last season and in twenty eighteen season and, and years before, that you could say was a genuine Genuine Super Bowl defense. You can't make that statement anymore. And so what they have to do defensively is every game that we go into, they've got to let it all hang out. Make sure, put in a series of blitzes, safety blitzes, stronger weak safety corner blitzes, Mike blitzes, which is the middle linebacker, we to Will, Sam the strong side linebacker, be creative, line tricks, and go after people and put it away. On the other side, offensively, that's enough with the two-yard outs. Okay? Attack the middle of the field. Attack downfield. Play action. Bootlegs. My God, sprint outs. How many times have you heard me say that over the last four years? But this is what you want to win in this league? That's what you have to do. That's what we have to do. If we're going to sit back and think the defense is going to carry us, not going to happen. Offense, you got to go after people. Enough is enough with the scared-to-death offense we've been playing the last several years. Damn it. Give it everything. Let it go. Nagy, let them kids play football. Defensively, go after them. Knock the hell out of them. And I've got to tell you, as we get through this next three hours, there's a a lot of positives to talk about. You know, the offensive line coming together. I got to tell you, go back and watch some of that blocking. I have not seen Bear offensive line play like that in 20 years. I'm telling you, I can't remember the last time I saw defensive linemen knocked off the line of scrimmage four, five, six yards. Drilled into the ground and consistently. During the course of a, of a your, play. Your point is consistently. Good. Is that your point, consistently? Yes, but more importantly, I like what you said about we have to manufacture pressure. We're not good enough with Quinn and and, and Mack and and Hicks. It it ain't working, but... You can manufacture pressure. You got you got to hide coverage, but and you can't fake coverage. But you can manufacture and fake pressure, and they did that 
especially in the second half against the Vikes. Not to change the subject here, Danny, but let me ask you this question. Cleo Mack, okay? If you were the general manager and there was a deal out there that you could get a starting offensive tackle that you know is worth his weight, very valuable offensive lineman, would you trade Cleo Mack for that offensive tackle right now? Excuse me, after the season I'm talking about, would you would you trade him? Let's have Hamp answer that question after a very quick two minute timeout. The phone number is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. But by the way, Khalil Mack got named to the Pro Bowl along with Corderell Patterson, uh, Roquan Smith did not get named to the Pro Bowl. I just I didn't uh, agree with that. We can get into that. Ob, you're te- teeing up the uh, Bears defense. And the offense doing some different things. This offense looks a whole lot different. It's like they've been listening to the OB plan here, the ham plan. 64 plays. The phone was ringing and they answered it. I mean, 42 rushes, 21 passes, a lot of play action. I looked a whole lot different. Mark, how many times have I told you and why you should sprint them out, why you should bootleg them out, why you should use play action Tell I'm blue, green, red, orange, and blue in the face? They're doing You've it. Got to get him out of the pocket. They're doing it. They're doing it. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Hampton OB till ten on seven twenty WGN. Pressure is on. He dumps it off and into the end zone is Darnell Mooney, and that's a Chicago Bear touchdown. Seven twenty WGN. That was a great start to the football game. Darnell Mooney wide open. That paid incredibly well, by the way. If you had money on Mooney for the Bears' first touchdown, Hampton OB brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com. and Dan Hampton's truck. You rode on into it today. I rode on into the station today in the old Chevy Silverado Drive. What Hamp drives drive a Chevy. You trading Khalil Mack? Drive over winter. <laughs> and by the way, let me just tell you on Bear Essentials today we taped and. Uh, Guess who our interview was? Your boy, Darnell Mooney. He was a delight. You know, and folks, I'm, I'm just telling you, look, I, I, we're straight shooters. We tell you what's up. We tell you when we don't like somebody. We tell you when when uh, you need to like somebody. Well, I'm telling you this, Mooney's going to be a, a great player and a great fan fra- favorite for a long, long time. I'm just telling you. He, a classy kid, smart kid, knows, and you know what? He's he's got uh, he's got a lot of the right answers. You know, he doesn't have a bunch of the double talk nonsense that you get from you know who and this and that. It it was a delight. Most of the time, I'm kind of looking at my watch, having to do these interviews. Him, I I mean, it was it was it was great to see a young kid like that with just a great smile and uh, happy to be a part of Chicago Bear. History. Now, let me just tell you this. You know Harlan Hill? Absolutely. Well, God, yeah. He broke Harlan Hill's all-time rookie Rookie record record. of 45 catches as a rookie. And uh, I told him, I said today, I said, you know, everybody was uh, making a big deal out of Trubisky finally kind of waking up and kind of saying, hey, I want to do this. I don't want to do that. Kind of talking. I said, have you ever stood up and said, hey, coach, I'm the fastest guy on the field. How come you don't send me down the field? Well, you got me on a two-yard out. And he started laughing. And I'm sure they didn't have an answer. <laughs> so I actually I want to play a cup for you guys from uh, from Matt Nagy where he, he gets to Mooney at the end. And he's talking about Komet at the start. 
and how why Komet wasn't on the field as much and why they were concerned and didn't know what they had in Mooney. And just, just I, OB, I think you'll really will appreciate this one. Cole Komet. Um, when, when we drafted Cole Komet, we, we knew when we drafted him what type of player that's, this kid is going to be in his career. He's going to be really, really good at the tight end position. But sometimes what's hard for people to understand is it's, it's like Nintendo and you think you can just put these kids in for the first game they ever play or the first three games they ever play and that they're going to have these, these numbers or these, they can play every snap. And it's hard to do that. And so over the course of, uh, uh, of, the, of the year, um, you get more and more trust uh, as coaches with a guy like Cole and Cole gets more and more trust with himself. Now that's just one example. Um, but also for us is, is just, um, you know, some of the stuff we went through with the offensive line, with the injuries, I think played a factor. Obviously we made the quarterback switch and, um, and so there were some things there. And I think right now the, the thing that we're trying to look at is we try not to look back at what, what happened, but just kind of where we're at right now. And we want to just keep building off of where we feel we're at. And we do feel like it's a it's a good place with the identity of the offense, with Mitchell playing the way he's playing, um, with the scheme, with the consistency of O-line, and with the growth of all these younger players, even a guy like Mooney. We weren't sure in week one against Detroit where the light's going to be too big for Mooney coming from where he came from. He's obviously shown that they're not. So all these young guys have really stepped up, Mustafer, Alex Bars, um, and they've all played pivotal roles. And, and so now – um, Would we have loved to have it happen sooner? Yeah, but it hasn't, and so we just want to, you know, grow these next two games. So it was a little bit of a long cut, but I just played it for two reasons. Number one, at the start, he says that we knew that Cole Komet was going to be great. No, you didn't. You you drafted him. You hoped that he was going to be great. If you, like just like you knew that Mitchell Trubisky was going to be great, better than Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. It's a draft pick. You're taking a guess. And then he's and then he says with Mooney, we didn't know if the lights were too big for him. And it's like he has these preconceived notions of who's what, and he's not actually evaluating what's going on in front of him. Am I being too too much no, in the weeds you know here? The, no, no, it's very insightful. What, I, I like that. What the sad thing is, you just listen to him talk. Yeah. That's why the guy shouldn't be around. <laughs> he, That's why the guy shouldn't be around. You don't know what talent you got when you're drafting him, and you don't know... Within once you get him in camp, you don't know within ten days to two weeks what you have. Right, and then in the middle of that whole cut, he starts going into the offensive line. How long did it take them to figure out who should be playing offensive line? But more importantly than the offensive line, how long did it take them to get their head out of you know where and start tailoring the offense to camouflage and hide the weaknesses of your quarterback? Right, and that is, and and then the rest of it goes hand and, and, and glove. You start getting him out on the edge. Now the safeties are having to back off corners or are having to run with receivers. They're not having to be able to, you know, squat right. on them and get them in the box. Now the running game's working. Wow, what? A, how magical! Now let me just tell you this, Ob. You know what he's doing? He's he's basically setting you up for a, a do over. That's what he's saying. You know, I know it took longer than it should have, but. We've got it all figured out now, so that's why we need to come back. Now, one, that being said, I want to ask you, is McCaskey looking for a reason to keep everybody? Now, think about that. Now, you know and I know, 
Trubisky may be saving not only Ryan Pace's job, but Matt Nagy's job. And who would be in a position to reward Trubisky in two weeks at the conclusion of the season if he does save their job? Well, Dan, <laughs> if you just look at exactly <laughs> what 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 needed to happen, okay? You've got to get that kid out of the pocket. There's no way in God's green earth is that kid a drop-back quarterback. All right? It's impossible. The field, folks, is 53 yards wide, obviously 100 yards long. What we have to do is cut it in half. Because why? He cannot read defenses. It's a mystery to him. Nagy knows it. Nagy even brought it up at the end of last year. So we're going to take half, either the strong or the weak side. He's going to sprint out, bootleg, whatever have you. But, boy, you better have a running game to go with that. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. You need a quarterback that can blister that whole field from 53 yards wide all the way down the field. He cannot do it, folks. And I'm telling you, and Mark, you remember, when they drafted, we'll never win a Super Bowl with this kid at quarterback. And I'm going to tell you, it's just a matter of time. When when he starts bootlegging out, you got a guy like Vic Fangio in Denver, defensive guys, they'll figure out how to put a stop to that. Then what the hell do you do? I mean, it's the only thing he can do, and we finally went to it, and it worked against the 6-7 and team. We're playing the team this week that has one victory. Well, hold on a second. The Vikings, first of all, that that defense is not bad, and they were one. Of, they were a very good defense on third down. The Bears. That had, was a six and seven team they played. Okay. Ob, the Vikings were top five in the in the in the NFL on third down. The Bears completed fifty percent. I mean, so the offense looks better. I I don't look going forward. Yes, it did look glad. better. We're happy. We've been saying. I'm yeah. saying that. What I'm trying to tell you is what's coming down the road. I, I got it. You got to have a quarterback got, that sees the whole field. I, I got it. You got it. The whole field, Mark, not half. If that works, that's great. You beat some teams, that's fine. But are you going to get to the Super Bowl playing half of a field for 16 games? If you think that, you're you're wrong, my friend. He's saying the Jiminy Cricket offense only works sometimes against I, I, some people. There you go. I, 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 am, I am in the question myself whether it makes sense to bring him back next year and draft a quarterback along with him versus... Well, have everybody... Hey, look, it's Christmas. What do you think the Bears need as a Christmas gift? Is it a new contract for Trubisky? Is it a new quarterback? Is it a new GM? Is it a new coach? I know where OB stocking is swinging. 312-981-7200. I love Hamp teeing up topics to you. That is just beautiful radio right there. News right now on 720 WGN. Confidence is very important. I would say we're definitely, I don't want to quite say night and day, but our confidence is way up from earlier in the season where it just seemed like we were a little unsure about what we wanted to do, who we wanted to be. We have more of an identity now. It starts with running, running the football. Why is that? 720 WGN Hampton OB brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive Nothing gets by him, does it? <laughs> I mean, but I think what he's saying there is interesting. They did not have a ton of confidence at the beginning of the year. They were a little wobbly on what they were doing. And now they, quote unquote, have figured it out. And Mitchell's got some confidence. 
What are you and reading today? Your question today? is what? My question is. Well, they, they didn't the, have. Do you remember me going back about week seven, going, where in the hell is the game plan? An offense is, you know, a defense is counterpunching. An offense is strategizing. We didn't have a plan. And now it looks like, guess what? Come hell or high water, we've got a plan. And we're going to do the boots and the nakeds, and then we're going to, you know, get him out on the edge. We're going to run the ball. We're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to, you know, throw it to seven different receivers. We're not going to feature any one person. Blah, blah. Well, that's called a game plan. And you know what? Bill Lazor finally responds. Now, I don't know whether or not this was something that Nagy suppressed, whether Nagy would, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd basically put something together. And then hand it in like a homework assignment, and Nagy would rip up things and say, oh, no, I don't want that, I want this, I want that. Whatever's happening the last two, three weeks, it's paying off. Guess what? December. We have scored 30 points each and every game in the month of December, OB. When was the last time the Bears scored 30 points three games in a row in December? It had to be in 85. No, I think it was 2012 or something. I think it was the... 2013 was the last time they 13. scored 30, 30 in a row. There but it, was, but know, it wasn't what, in December. The last time they scored what, 30... But go ahead. What, what he just said was, we, we, we've, I, I assume he's talking about the head coaches and all the offensive coaches and everybody, uh, assuming that all of a sudden, in the third to the last game of the season of 2020... After Mitch Trubisky's been here, what, four years, five years? Year four. This guy's head coach, and these coaches have been here. And they just now, the light bulb went off. The light bulb went on. Uh, Are you kidding me? We're just now finding out what to do. That is sad. That is very sad, folks. You talk about three games left to go in a 2020 year, and they're just now. Here's the quarterback saying, we're just not figuring out what to do. My Lord. Look, shame on them. And that's why. Oh, my God, Dan. If that, go back and listen to our programs on a weekly basis. We oh. challenged them to, to, to rectify this. And now in week 13, 14, 15, they finally wake up and see the light. And to his credit, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, and he gets knocked on it a little bit on on this show for you know speaking up, but it's like for a while now he's been saying, "Look, ain't up, don't put it all on me." There's some other stuff going on around here, and I think he, it's valid. Who's saying this? That's what Trubisky's been saying. Like you know, everybody was like pointing the finger at him last year. He's like, "Well, look, hey, hey, man." Look! Look at the offense line. Look at the play. The look away that we're running our offense. Look at everything that's going on here. Don't just point. Like you, you could say that I suck, but there's plenty of suck around me. It's basically, I mean, he's you know. He okay, say- and who does that fall on? Ob, who, what finger is has has to be pointed back at what person? Well, actually, the, the first one is pace, bringing this kid here to begin with, and then it falls <laughs> right flat dead on Nagy's forehead. That's exactly who it is. It's Nagy. Now think about this. Would you ever think that that would be something that would even a topic broached in New England or in Kansas City with those head coaches? Never. And their concise idea of what well, they poor- need to do to put together a game plan and a football team. And by the yeah. way, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's it, 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 folks. Go to I'm Mark just saying it is what it is. And you know what, Ob? As we get to the calls, 
If you think that this two-week little hiatus is going to be the deodorant that's changing the world and next year, uh-uh-uh. We're never going to win a Super Bowl with Pace and Nagy and Trubisky at quarterback, folks. You're going to say the same thing next year. We're going to be saying the same damn things. I tell you what, it's you got to clean house. It's time. 312-981-7200. Mark, thank you for your patience. Welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead, Mark. Okay, I got two things. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm still here. And uh, do we have the people here to evaluate the talent, the talent we have here, and you know, let people go, and they do real good everywhere else, and then, you know, then we got uh, Chef Boyardee uh, Magalini over there, in the kitchen, and he's mixing up his mini raviolis. And, it, you know. Oh, Chef Bardi's got to get killed. It's delicious. Uh, I got you, Mark. Thanks so much. Look. Uh... Okay. Uh, it, it's, it goes back to evaluation. And evaluations lead to decisions. And that is, unfortunately, where we are now headed at an impasse with not only the head coach, not only the quarterback, but the general manager that put this whole Super Bowl Express together, Mark Carmen. Now, two things. Number one, number one, you know, when I was in college, they made it so hard. They were like they were trying to run us off. You know what I'm saying? We would look at each other and say, well, we'll try to make it one more week because we were just, you know, it was, it was brutal. I think it's just the opposite with the McCaskies. I think they're looking for ways and reasons to keep this bunch. And as much as my dear friend to the left Boy, is screaming, on that one, you Dan. know, this ain't going to work and we've seen enough and this, and you know, two weeks of, uh, you know, beating, uh, Detroit and, or not Detroit, but, uh, Houston and, uh, the, uh, a wore out Viking team ain't going to be enough to, you know, change the world and make the Bears a contender next year. I'm just saying. Again, Trubisky is in the process of not only saving his job, but the coach and the GM. And don't be, beware. Don't don't be shocked when something happens at the end of the season. The Trubisky part saving his job is interesting because he very well may save Pace's job and Nagy's That's job. That's what I'm saying. But then he might be out the door. Okay, and here's and folks, for all of you calling in, and remember, give us your Christmas. Wish list. Um, this is what this is what. And if Ryan Pace has got a a brain cell working, this is how you do it. You don't do anything. You let the market be set. Yes. If if, if uh, Denver comes calling and and says, "Hey, we think Trubisky's got you know what it takes, and we're going to give him a thirty million three year deal," then you let him go. But if nobody, and I don't think a lot of people are beating the door down to come play half a field football like we have, you know, the last three weeks out of necessity, by the way, then you may be able to get him for a song and a dance, a three, four, five million dollar prove it deal. And then he does get to save his job and come back next year. Yeah, you, you know, quickly here. You know what the interesting thing this year, you look back, even you go back to 2018, folks, I always look at the schedule. Who they're playing, wins and losses, going into whatever the new new season is. Okay, every team that we have played, uh, uh, almost I would say, um, almost a hundred percent, ninety percent, 
Do you know what, folks? We played Detroit, the New York Giants, these teams that are just horrible. And you know when we how we won the game? It was basically either the last play or the last second of the game. Think about it. Oh, they cracked Think it. about it. Look at Sunday. And guess what could have happened Sunday? They were throwing it in the end zone. To win. Right on the 32-yard line and going in. But they've won. But they've won these games, folks. And and this is the reality of everybody like tries to make, oh, we're winning. He's going to save everybody's job. God sakes, you got to look at reality. Look at the teams we beat. And how did we beat them? On a miracle play. On a miracle pass. Somebody dropping a ball the last play of the game. Think I'm kidding, folks? Go back and take a look at our victories against the Giants, Detroit. This past week, you'll see what I'm talking about. Don't knock it. That's, That's my golf game. That's not a big positive. I know a win's a win. I understand all that. But, damn it, if you're just going to play a 50-50 season, the last time I checked, you play to be a world champion. They killed the Texans. That's, that's one. And that was only two weeks ago, OB. How was Detroit? How was the Giants? How was the Vikings? How are all the other victories we had, Mark? I understand, OB. All right? Don't, don't get smart now. I'm not. No, but... Yeah, that, you're uh, getting smart. No. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. They are... We've had one laugher the whole year. One yeah. laugher. They, the one Texans. where they trounced somebody. Would you admit that their offense does finally look competent? That's how, how's competent? Yes, because... Uh, how long have I been calling for that? But I you understand. Get out of the pocket. But they, but they, but they finally got there. But they, you know what we have? We yeah. have the minivans of offenses. It's efficient. That's fine. And that's about it. No, no bells, no whistles, no, no great shakes. It's just right. I, efficient. Uh, uh, but they, and it's moving the ball. And hey, but I got to tell you, OB, six consecutive right. drives where they were able to go down and score points, and they scored in the third quarter for only the second time all season. So hey, small victories, and each one is another lump of coal on the Super Bowl <laughs> Express. Jesus, Christ. Uh, what? Am I in the wrong studio? Yes. They? Am I in the wrong studio? Yes. Uh, Carmen text line. Carmen hit on hit it on the head. Thank you, seven oh eight. I think you're with me, or I got hit on that. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. I think he said you've been hitting the head too many times. I'm going to take it that I hit it on the head. Thank you so much, seven oh eight. Appreciate it. All right, hey, Dave in South Florida, Dave in Wisconsin. You're coming on back here. We got our Marquee Sports Network Bear Essentials. We're with you till ten. Adam Hogs at eight thirty. Kaz is at nine. The Bears are still alive. Seven and seven. Two weeks to go. Hampton OB brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Um, Super Bowl Express. Super Bowl Express at seven twenty WGN. Christmas is WGN. A great team is no accident. You got to make dust or eat dust. Dan Hampton knows when you're looking for a tough competitor, Chevy Silverado has every advantage. Silverado's drive mode selector lets you select tow and haul, snow and ice, or off-road to match any condition. Silverado's available trailering package delivers over 12,000 pounds of towing capacity that guarantees hauling muscle. More power, better performance. That's the kind of advantage that wins games. Your Chevy dealer knows what it takes to be a winner. 
And now during the Chevy employee discount for everyone, the Chevy price you pay is what they pay, not a cent more. Use your Chevy employee discount to get over $8,400 in total savings on a 2020 Silverado Crew Cab LT All-Star Z71. That's big savings you don't want to miss this holiday season. Take it from number 99. Chevy Silverado is an all-star. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for details. Put on your big board pants. We're going beast mode. Maintain your home's air quality and preserve the life of your furnace with help from Menards. We carry everything you need to keep your home's air quality clean and pure, like Allergen Air Filters. Our best air brand, Allergen Air Filters, help reduce pollen, pet dander, dust, lint, and more. Stop in and grab your filter for only $14.99 now at Menards. Prices are good through Thursday, December 24th. Plus, give the perfect gift with a Menards gift card. Clogged toilet, broken pipes, flooded basement? Don't let your plumbing problems take you off your game. When you need a plumber fast, call Plumbers 911 at 1-833-PLUM-911, where they promise to connect you to a plumber in five minutes or less. Their phones are open 24-7 at 833-PLUM-911, and their highly trained plumbing professionals are ready to answer your call. Get your plumbing job done right the first time with Plumbers 911 Chicago, your plumbing connection. Some Western philosopher once said, the point of life is helping each other get through it. These days, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois understands we're all looking forward to getting back to the way things were. But even the days we wish to forget have had moments we'll want to remember. Moments that shaped us, inspired us, defined us. Today, as we continue on this journey forward, reminded with each step of all those people we miss the most, all those things we plan to do again, in person, with open arms, it's never been more clear the importance of having someone right by our side, within reach. Because at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, we know that in the end, how we get through it all will always depend on who we get through it all with. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois, a division of Healthcare Service Corporation, a mutual legal reserve company. For 22 in a row and a six-point lead. The kick is money. Hey, Cairo Santos has been a nice, solid story all season long. Remember Eddie Pinheiro? I don't. I mean, my God. Parky doinked another one. I was, the guy's unbelievable. He's so consistent. I love him. Oh, the guy's deadly. <laughs> Go out there and try to aim at that, <laughs> that stupid upright. You couldn't hit it on a dare, and he's done it on a regular basis. Right. I mean, people should give that dude credit for what he no does. No kidding. All right. Uh, let's, let's do our favorite segment here, or at least one of our favorite segments, brought to you by the Marquee Sports Network. Time for Essential Questions. Uh, watch Bear Essentials with Hamp on the Marquee Sports Network. Questions this week. Was this win bad for the future of the Bears? Uh, in honor of Christmas week, who would you give Cole in their stocking? You can only pick one, Nagy Pays or Trubisky. And question three, who made Santa's nice list, the offense or the defense? Follow us, by the way, on Facebook. Uh, answers, Rod, yes, bad for the future, two, in honor of Chris Bay, who would you give Cole in their stocking? Pace and Nagy. Nothing for Trubisky. And offense, as the D was profanity again. You know what? 
this team was built around their defense, guys. But to me now, it's built around the offense. It's it's the wind is, has has shifted, and it's the offense is definitely being more of a tone setter for this team. And and come on, Ob, when we sat down here, you said how many yards did the Bears defense give up this week? And I said over four hundred. And that's been a problem, Danny. Yeah, and and, and as we you have said on a consistent basis, the window that used to be Shrinking. a picture window now is a porthole. <laughs> And at some point, you know, you got to start thinking, okay, uh, if, 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 when and if, you know, we get in the playoffs, will it be able to hold up? And we saw, guys, two years ago against the Eagles and this Nick Foles, you know, put together a 16-place, 65-yard drive to beat us in the fourth quarter. And, you know, it, it, and that's when I started shaking my head saying, what they think they got, they ain't got Let's get Dave in South Florida on 720 WGN. David, thank you for your patience. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? It's always a pleasure listening to you thank guys. You. Thanks, Dave. Game. Hey, uh, I, I, I think I agree with OB on this. I think uh, this is fool's gold for the last two games. We played the, the horrific Houston Texans. We played the, the Minnesota Vikings. We basically have one, if I'm not mistaken, Mark, one win against a winning team this year, and that was the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's that's our record against the winning team. All the other all the other wins we have are against teams that are under 500. You're right, and, and I think that that we're just setting ourselves up for failure. I think we go. I'm in South Florida. I don't know if I'm going to make a five yard, a five hour trip to Jacksonville to go see us. Maybe lay an egg against the uh, Jaguars. Oh, don't say I think that. that <laughs> I, I, honestly, Ob, those guys play tough. They're 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 they're, they're committed. Uh, they're they're hustlers, and they're going to give us all all we got. And if we go down there with a, a pompous attitude, like we're doing the the dub dubs, whatever it is that dub crap, we're going to get our butts handed to us. What do you guys think? Well, the, you're, thanks for the call, David. Look, they the Vikings beat them by three. Jacksonville should have won that football game. The Browns barely got them. The Packers barely got them. And I think that our gentlemen here will agree that we're not exactly uh, the 85 Bears here rolling on down there. So let's, it's, let's not put it automatically in the win column. Well, here, Dave, the, the Bears, the last three years that I have seen, scheduling, somehow it breaks for them. It's unbelievable the the opponents that they play and the records they have when they play them, I mean that that doesn't happen from year to year to year. Believe me, it doesn't. And it's just a shame that we haven't taken advantage. Like in 2018, we did, we did. We had the easiest schedule in the entire 32 teams. Last year, we had the 12th easiest. I don't know where it's going to be this year, but boy, we played a lot of bum teams and. And we're and and the amazing thing is the good thing is we're still in the hunt somehow some way, and you know what the last two games I think we'll have a shot the way I think it's going to turn out. I love that they're still in it, and I would love that if it sets up that if they beat Green Bay they get in. That's really by the way, and Green Bay should be playing for something for them to actually to earn their way in. And I think they will. And I'm just telling I told yeah. you this off air. I think Tennessee goes in and beats Green Bay next week. I, I, Green Bay don't have to win. Tennessee does. Where's and that ten- game at? By and the they way. can't stop the run and Tennessee can force feed it to Derrick Henry is a problem. That's that's Oh a, yeah. Where's yeah. that game at? It's in Green Bay. 
It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. this is a yeah, again. It's down you to the nut. Want to get a chance to get that hundred dollars back? Here we go. Let's make a bet <laughs> as we well, get ready for. I'll take, I'll take Tennessee. News coming up, and uh, your calls, and then Adam Hogan eight thirty seven twenty WGN. an outstanding job from the guys up front for the Chicago Bears. That was one of the few times the Bears defense actually stepped up on Sunday and helped out the offense, which was carrying them all over the field in the Bears' 33-27 win over the Minnesota Vikings. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. We're with you till 10 o'clock tonight. Adam Hogue coming up at the bottom of the hour. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. I'm going to play a cut here uh, from Matt Nagy talking about the final play where the Vikings are throwing a Hail Mary. Now... Was there a lot of confusion on how to exactly defend and, and what the mindset would be of Minnesota on the final play? Uh, let, apparently, according to Matt, like he was, the, the cameras caught him. He's running around the sidelines. He's screaming at the players, screaming at the coaches. And he was asked, like, what were you telling everybody? Well, it's important in those times um, to let these defensive coaches know what you're thinking from an offensive perspective, you know? So for me to be able to tell them, Hey, listen, we have, they have this much time left. Here's what they could do. Here's what they're going to be looking to do. And then I don't tell him what to do, but I, I just tell him from the offensive perspective, what he's thinking or what they should be thinking. And, uh, and then they go ahead and make the calls. And so uh, I thought that he made the right call and then our guys have to execute it. We practice that every, every week we practice that situation, several of them. So it was good to see it finally come to fruition. So first of all, Eddie Jackson, who has not had a great year, he batted the ball up into the air. Idiotic. Right. So they didn't execute it. No, they didn't. And you know what? And I don't know what the psychobabble double speak is. You know, like a defensive coach needs an offensive coach to be screaming, oh, look out, they're going to throw it up in the end zone. What? <laughs> it's an unbelievable. It's unbelievable, right? My wife knows that. Psycho. Give me that one again. Uh, that opening volley. Psycho what? Uh, but, 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 you know, let me just tell you this. But, um, there are simple principles about playing the, the last minute, you know, Hail Marys. And... It's amazing how many teams don't get it right. Number one, you bat the ball down. Yeah, yeah, you, you you tomahawk spike it to the ground. You do not bat it up. And you know what? And 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 again, I know this is a little thing, but little things get you beat. And a little means a lot. And you know what? Time and time and time again, they go with the three man rush, which allows you're basically letting the offense dictate. How long it takes for them to get everybody set up and okay, you ready? Here we go. No, you rush four, maybe five. You contain the quarterback, do not let him out of the pocket, and you make him throw that ball before anybody even gets to the end zone. You put pressure on it and then you spike it when the ball's in the end zone. But you know what? Here we are, our fearless leader, trying to tell the defense evidently what they already know. And yet, what he's telling them is wrong. I just found it amazing that he's like, I'm telling them how an offensive guy would think. Why would he be your defensive coordinator or defensive coach if he can't think about what the offense would be trying to do to them? Well, didn't he say they practice it every day or I mean, every week? Just, I'm sure he told those people then. 
in the last, what, three years, four years? Here's what you do. So he just wanted to remind them. And how lucky are we? I mean, Eddie Jackson tips the ball up in the air. I mean, somebody like a Randy Moss or, you know, uh, you know, this guy, that guy. I mean, you see it every week. And, you know, we're flirting with death. And there you go, OB. Last play of the game, they had a chance to win. That's happened so many times this year, it's unbelievable. 312-981-7200. And he's also running around on the sidelines like he's, you know, Trubisky's coming out of the field and here's Nagy. To, hey, just stay away from the quarterback. We don't need you to say anything to 10 or any other quarterbacks. Just be the cheerleader and bring everybody together and be positive guy. Your wisdom is not needed. That's my overall take on the situation here. Dave in Wisconsin, welcome to WGN. Hi, Mark. Mark, please, as a Christmas present to me, don't play any more quotes from that guy. <laughs> Nagy. Oh, jeez. It's, it's making me throw up. It really is. This guy is not a coach. He's an assistant coach. He doesn't know anything about a defense or a special teams. The, I told you a month ago, guys, this, these three guys are conning the Chicago Bear fans and probably us into what they're doing with this team, Nagy, Pace, and Trubisky. And I told you last week, what's going to happen is that the nice McCaskies and the nice people that win the next two games, you're going to have these three clowns the same way back next year. Look what they've done for two and a half years. It's just absolutely ridiculous what they're doing. Don't let these victories, like, he, like the other caller said, especially Dave, he said, we haven't played anybody, guys. And do you realize we would never even be talking – we'd be talking about our next coach if only DeAndre Swift would have caught that ball from Matthew Stafford the first game. Right now we would be at 6-8, and eight, and we wouldn't even be talking about the next two weeks. That's what makes me mad. Thanks, my Dick. biggest, Christmas, pre- this yeah, is go biggest ahead. Christmas present is this, Mark. My biggest Christmas – see if you guys agree. You may not. They wouldn't trade division. I'll tell you what. You draft an offensive lineman next me, drive two of them next year, Okay. Here's what you do. You trade Mac, and they really need defense. You trade Mac to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. And then all of a sudden, if they have a new coach that doesn't care for Stafford, let's say, you trade him for Stafford, he puts us in the Super Bowl because we do have a good offense, uh, receivers and a running back. Put him in the Super Bowl. Have a young guy next year. Draft a young quarterback. Have him work with him, guys. May sound a little stupid about that, but heck, my wife and I were walking in the mall today. I asked Santa, please. Get us a decent quarterback next year, a coach and a general manager. Have a great Christmas, guys. God bless you all. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Wonderful you. Wonderful call. You know what? That was Dave. When you're talking about, because I just I mentioned a while ago, Cleo Mack. I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, he's he's a very very good player. Okay, in my book, he's no Akeem Hicks. No Akeem Hicks makes that defense go. Period. He's the one man. But I'll tell you what. If something like that could be pulled off, well, they would get rid of Matt Stafford and and you trade him up even for Cleo Mack. Mr. Big Man, would you make that trade? I would for Stafford, not an offensive tackle. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, right, again, well, the quarter- know what he was talking about. Uh, Cleo Mack for uh, yeah, yeah, Stafford. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, and you know what? It, it works for both teams. And Adam, Adam Hogue wrote it last week that maybe it makes sense to trade Mac to Dallas for Dak Prescott. They're going to be in Prescott position. is not Stafford. Ta- no. Stafford's a special player. Yeah. I'm just telling you, he's a special player. He's a, he I, I'd love to help. tell you what. Would he, Robinson and, and, and Mooney, with Matthew Stafford throwing that football, and if they could keep him upright, 
Watch out, Katie, by the door, my friend. That'd be fun that to watch. That would really be huge. It would. It would. Uh, and I would be highly interested in that. But I would take Dak here if, if that if that was uh, actually possible. By the way, hey, Dave, since we loved you so much that we're giving you a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering. How was the food tonight, Hampo? Um, exquisite. I... Um I texted Curtis early and I said, hey, we missed you last week, but I missed the meatballs even more. Make sure they bring meatballs tonight. They did. And tiramisu and fried chicken. Oh, Lordy, OB. If we were so blessed at Christmas. Bartolini's family owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus those world-famous meatballs located at 144th and Pulaski. In- stuffed shells. Ooh, the stuffed shells were the good. The salad. Just fresh. Stop it. Fresh in Midlothian, open seven days a week, dine-in, patio seating, and the to-go order details at Bartolini's.com. Jim, Tom, Josh, Juan, you are all coming up here. We're going to run through some calls coming back here, and then Adam Hogue at the bottom on 720 WGN. I thought Mitchell did a great job of uh, commanding the offense and making smart decisions. Uh, David ran his tail off the offensive line block, the tight ends, the wide receivers made big catches, and a credit to our coaching staff. Had to get the old... Credit to the coaching staff in there. I think we can give some credit, Ham, to Juan Castillo, who has put this offensive line together. There was an interesting comment from David Montgomery, uh, basically saying that we have a he's he's lining up everybody else who's playing on the offensive line, and also that the guys at the beginning of the year did not know what they were doing. They didn't. Okay, two things that have actually fallen into place to make the offensive line and we brought we bragged about it at the top of the show i'm just telling you my game ball this past week it went to the offensive line sam mustaver being installed at center you know he he was in and out of the picture early and then had an injury and then finally when he went in then alex barr was was placed at right guard which kept uh coward off the field and the offensive line with, you know, of course, Leno and Whitehair at left tackle, left guard, respectively. They finally, and Ofedi at right tackle, other than the one strip sack where Genius went nine yards deep instead of seven against the, the Detroit Lion uh, team. Other than that, for three, four weeks now, they have been the best unit on the field. And you're saying, what? Wait a minute. You know, the defense has got all those high-dollar uh, flamethrowers, blah, blah. No, the offensive line, pound for pound, play for play, has been the best unit on the field the last three weeks. 312-981-7200. Let's get some calls rolling on through here. Juan, we appreciate your patience. Welcome to 720 WGN. Go ahead. Hi, how you doing? Great, Juan. Yeah, I was just saying. I think the 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 Bears they keep uh, fooling themselves, and and if, if they were an airline, they'd be like a, a, a you know, if you wanted to fly from Chicago to L.A., eventually you got to go past the Rocky Mountains. You're going to need a commercial airline unless you have a private jet or something. But the Bears are like, you know, they got a commuter plane with eight people on the plane, and everything's going well until they get past twenty thousand feet, and all of a sudden <laughs> you got to reach that next level, and. uh they they don't then they're shocked why you know they can't get past the Rocky Mountains because you know basically you don't have a commercial airline pilot you know on a first class that you need to go to the next level so they want to fool themselves into playing these subpar teams that you know hey things look great needs you know this and that but 
you know, it's the same spin. You know, it's like the same record, you know, played it by a different side, you know. Can I can, I, th- can I throw a devil's advocate at, at you, Juan, real quick? Did you did you watch the game on Sunday from start to finish? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Do you remember the third and eleven where Trubisky f- was able to? Uh, I, I believe he found uh, Darnell Mooney on it. You right, know and he and he actually caught him on the run. I think on the stride, yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. I would say that was that was Rocky flying right there, and they came through with it. Right. I mean, yeah, you, but uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's like uh, you ever heard the thing? A, a broken clock is right twice. You know. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so. you the one. <laughs> you got some good ones, Juan. Thank you so much for your call. But you're okay. exactly right, and this is what the great Ed Obradovich has been basically saying the last two weeks. Oh, don't get you know mystified by the shiny object, the win. It was a last second win against a mediocre nothing team, and all of a sudden the McKeskies going to you know redo everybody's contract and run them back at us again next year. And what are we going to have? We're going to have more of the same type of misery because, as Juan said, hey, stop clock is right twice a day. But And that third 11, my bad, that it was complete to Anthony Miller, a 13-yarder, which I was like, okay, we're going to turn the ball over. Yeah, here, but- you're right. There were spots where the team did look like it was more than competent. And the, the, this is what we want. This is what we needed. But you go through a six-game losing streak. A six-game losing streak. I'm sorry. Is that a deal breaker, Ob? Well, let me, uh, Juan. I kind of, I kind of agree with what Juan. You know, you got to look at the people that we've won, the games we won, and how we won it. Again, last second, last play, almost in every one of those victories, which was again against the Vikings. Now, here's the question. Do you, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, they, they, they saved the day. Uh, we found that Trubisky could actually do something on a continuing basis for actually four quarters, move him out of pocket, all well and good. So we beat the Vikings. Do you really believe that George McCaskey thinks like we beat the Green Bay Packers Six times, seven times, teams like the Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs. Just look at reality, guys. And the reason why I'm saying this is that's why I do believe that Pace and Nagy will not be here. We shall see. You they very you will ver- not be here. You win it. You, we're going down to Jacksonville. You beat Jacksonville. They won one game. Who have we beaten? One team with a winning record. And you're going to bring this continual outfit back again for next year? Let me tell you one thing. Ownership, man, higher-up management, the, you assume nothing. People are finding many, many different things to do, how to conduct their life. Monday through Friday, the weekends, whatever have you. This team is not performing to its capabilities. And there's two reasons why. Pace and Nagy. That's it. Those are the two. There's your problem right there. And I don't think that George McCaskey is going to put up with this. I really don't. We've seen this play over and over and over, the same book. And guess what? If they do bring him back, you're going to see the same damn thing. Mark my words. 
Jim, you want to talk about the McCaskies. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Yeah, long-time listener. Uh, you guys are great. You make my week. I'll, I'll try and be brief. I believe that for the last 60 years I've been a Bears fan. I remember when they flipped the coin and, and lost Terry Bradshaw to the Steelers. And, of course, being the Bears, they probably wouldn't have picked Terry Bradshaw. But anyway, the core of the problem for the Bears is the McCaskies. Always has been always will be. They're never going to sell the team. What we need, and hopefully to try and convince them to do, is this. I don't know any of the big names out there, but I'll mention a name, and I think you guys will get the point. You bring in a guy like Bill Cower, and you say to him, look, short of your name being on the deed, this is your team. You hire who you want, fire who you want, here's the millions of dollars you need, draft choices, free agents, everything. We'll talk three times a year. At the beginning of the season, after the buy, and at the end of the season. That's the only way. That's the core. If the McCaskies stay doing what they're doing, this team is never going to get it right. So I enjoy listening to you guys. And a quick bone for uh, for uh, OB. Uh, every time I hear Nagy talk and go off on one of his riffs, I, I, I think this guy has lost his marbles and he doesn't even belong as a coach in this league. Thanks for your time, and I'll wait for your response. Thank you, Jim. Look, if they had the wherewithal to hire the right guy, they would have done it already. But they're gonna, they might get another – we'll see if they want to give themselves another swing at it. But they, they'll never be able to do that because people like Ted Phillips, they know they'll be the first one out the door, so they're not going to allow that. And so, it, it, again, you folks don't understand. That organization has basically been set up in this fashion – for so long, and they've tolerated so much and put up with losing that I I, I just don't think that uh, there's the will to say, okay, we're going to go with the football czar and everybody else, pack it up. You know what? I was going to – I was I did the Anna Devante show a couple weeks ago on a Monday and, and about, you know, about getting uh, somebody new in. To, to run the Bears. Is she still smoking? Run, run the Bears. I have no idea, Dan. But let me tell you, what I, I and I had a name, and, and I, I totally believe in this guy. He, he's, he's been fantastic. And I said, well, Anna, maybe I'll tell you in, in a week or two. Don't you know a few days later that Jim Phillips from Northwestern? Yeah. Oh, my God. Folks, this guy, you want to talk about a champion. You want to talk about a smart man. You want to talk about a caring individual? What he has done at Northwestern from A to Z is unbelievable. Boy, would that have been a, a thing for the – bring him in, let him run the Chicago Bears, and we'd be in the Super Bowl within four or five years. And he'd have box lunches on the Super Bowl Express right now. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I, Jim Phillips, oh, my God. Well, it'll be interesting what happens with Pat Fitzgerald over there in the offseason to a lot of teams supposedly interested in Fitz. 8.30, let's get checking news. 7.20, WGN, Adam Hoke. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Wow, wow, wow. Adam Hoke rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. It is Adam Hoke time on 7.20, WGN. Hamp and OB brought to you by Chevy Drives, Chicago.com. As we bring in the best Bears reporter in the land. What's up, Adam Ho? Good Tuesday evening to you, sir. Mary Mary. 
Yes, good evening, guys. How's uh, everybody enjoying this two-game win streak? OB, first of all, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> to you and yours. And, yeah, it's great that they win. But then again, you know, miracles have to happen. And it's happened before the next two games. But it's the quality of the wins that bothers me, Adam. You know, if, if you're beating some, you know, at least half of them are quality teams, you know, it, I, I would accept it more. But the teams they've beaten and how they've won those games, last play, last second, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. Yeah, well, I think that they definitely have to prove themselves these last two games before you start, you know, changing things up completely, you know, from whatever your opinions, uh, whatever the Bears' opinions may have been a couple weeks ago and what direction they wanted to go with the franchise. But, um, you know, they, they did at least pummel the Texans, which helps, I guess. Um, but, it, it, hey, it's two wins, and as long as they uh, do what they need to do against the Jaguars, I think a lot of weight will be put on the Packers game in Week 17. Well, Adam, and I, I basically parse this with, yeah, we only want the best for the Bears. We want them to win, be consistent winners, and go for a world championship. That being said, the Super Bowl shuff, uh, 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 shuttle is w- warming up right now. Right Carmen's here, got a front seat. I'm driving on it. it. And all I know is, to me, the way it looks for right now, and we don't know what's going to happen. Okay, Jacksonville, okay. Then we'll find out what we find out in the Week 17 against the Packers, whether or not we make the playoffs. We'll find out. But all that being said, it looks to me like Trubisky is not only saving his job, but maybe Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's. What say you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's sort of the, the big thing that's happening right now is um, – it's Trubisky, in a lot of ways, is, is, is saving Matt Nagy. And uh, I, I, was, I was talking about this earlier today. Hey, I hate to do this on the air. Carmen, I'm getting some kind of echo coming right back through the phone, and it's really hard to talk, so I don't yeah, know if there's I, a way to fix I, that. I, I'm working on it. Adam. That's the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, don't, why don't we do this, just in the spirit it of the ghost? Like somebody's headphones are like coming right back through. It's uh, Mark Tressman, voice from beyond. <laughs> Uh, I can fight through it, though. Fight away. Um, anyway, yes. It's how do you look at this? The, Nagy took way too long to make the changes that that, that needed to happen. Obviously, um, but at the same time, if he learned as a head coach that you know head coaches in the NFL have to adapt. That's how this works: adapt or die, um, and and really fit your offense to the players that you actually have. And if he learned that lesson and can really go forward with the pieces he has and what we've seen the last few weeks, um, I, again, I'd like to stress that I think these last two weeks matter. I don't think we anybody needs to make conclusions now. But if he does that and somehow the Bears make the playoffs and, and that continues, well, then I think you can say, yeah, okay, he waited too long, but maybe it is worth giving him one more year to see if this is sustainable um, because otherwise, uh, you know, worst case scenario is you let him go, and he ends up being a pretty good head coach elsewhere. Go ahead. Well, the two things that I, I, I think we're seeing play out is number one, the Bears, unfortunately, 
and, and you heard the the quarterback basically say this. He goes, you you know, we're fa- we're kind of playing with house money and newfound confidence because early in the year we didn't know what we were doing. Now, obviously, that's a reflection on you know who, Mister Visor. And secondly, why did it take till week fourteen before they pull their head out of and kind of figured out which way the wind's blowing and realized that Trubisky can only operate and function with a half a field read and now running all those nakeds in the boots and all that gets him in a position where he avoids the catastrophe throw and mistake on a play-by-play basis why did it take so long adam yeah i mean i think the interesting thing is i could sort of definitely sympathize with the idea of well my quarterback should be able to to read the full field like it's this is the nfl and like we need a quarterback that can read the whole field. The last year, he he came out and OB brings it up all the time, saying, yeah. "Hey, Mitchell Trubisky needs to learn how to read the defenses, and that's my job in the off season is to teach it." Well, evidently, the uh, the the tutelage did not go as planned because, well, and I think that that that's exactly. I mean, that's that, and that's why he pulled the trigger and went to Nick Foles. But what I think was the realization that something it wasn't just the quarterbacks was when the guy he brought in Nick Foles couldn't execute it either right I mean that's that I think is the moment and it uh, occurred over a few weeks where just absolute ineptitude on offense where you're saying all right wait a minute all right so the the young quarterback we had couldn't do it I went to the guy that we brought in that we traded a fourth round pick for and everything actually got worse so probably time to start looking at myself he did that. He changed the play callers. They have a bye week. They put Trubisky back in there. They adapt. They go to these half-field reads. They make everything simpler. And, yeah, I think we're all going to ask for a long time. And I, if I'm George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, I'm asking the same thing. Why did it take so long? But, hey, at least they got to this point, and now we all just got to hope it wasn't too late. Let's Go ahead, Adam. Adam, I, I just want to interject one thing, and, and that's mm-hmm. all. I do not believe – for one second, that Matt Nagy made that decision to give up play calling. I will, you could talk to me to now to win forever. I will never believe it. Somebody brought him into somebody's office. They sat him down and they had enough of it. And they said, this is what you will do. You will appoint somebody else or else. That's what I truly believed happened. He, I'm saying he did not make that decision to give up the play calling. I think he was called in, sat down, and somebody gave him an ultimatum. That's my take on it. Well, and to be you know, just being fully transparent, I don't know, but yeah, right. I, I have I, no pro- I have no problem if that happened. You know, like you you have superiors above you, and they should have an opinion that when when it gets that bad. Uh, I would hope that higher ups, whether it's Ryan Pace or whether it's you know even higher than that, said, "Hey, can we have a conversation about this because something needs to change?" So I don't know what went down, but if that's what happened, I don't have a problem with it. I tell you, Adam, that's my true belief, and ain't nobody going to talk me out of it either because <laughs> I think that's exactly what the hell happened. 
312-981-7200. We've got some people on hold I think would like to chat with Adam Hogue and uh, Hampen will be brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com if you want to jump on in here. I, I will, uh, in our next segment with Adam, I want to see where he thinks we're actually at here. Yes, OB. We, we're going to get the calls Yeah, we're going to do that too. We're okay. going to do calls with Adam. You down with that? Everybody's happy? All right, I got it. All right, Adam, hang on. All right, quick timeout, 720 WGN. Going deep and open, Kozlowski, and he makes the pack at the 46-yard line. Line up and play football. Nine o'clock hour, 720 WGN. With you till 10, Hamp and OB brought to you by Chevy driveschicago.com with Kaz joining us now from his palatial Kaz estate as he gets ready for the Super Bowl train. And of course Kaz is waiting with this ticket to get on the Super Bowl Express. We called it here last week. <laughs> There's zero chance that the Bears are going to the Super Bowl. And more importantly, last time I checked, um, the worst thing could be in professional sports is 500. What are the Bears now? Yep. Oh, come on, man. Oh, give me a break, Mark. Whoopty dooty dooty. They beat up Minnesota and and hung on to the last play and almost blew that play at the end of the game. So I'm just tired of hearing all the nonsense and the, you know, the the media in Chicago, the mindless media in Chicago. Oh, oh, they should give Matt Nagy a second chance because he may go on somewhere else and be a better head coach. Whoever says that is a complete moron. Because guess what? He's not going to go anywhere else and be a head coach. He's going to be a coach in the NFL for the rest of his life because that's what they do. But he's not going to be a head coach anywhere else. Well, it sounds to me like Kaz is already uh, partaking of the eggnog. You're in rare form tonight. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm just I, telling you the truth. I'm just, I got I get, it. You know, I get to look from the outside in. So I, I have that rare glimpse. I'm not stuck in a, a place where, you know, you're, you're hearing all the craziness and all the stupidness that's being spewed out by guys that don't know what they're talking about when it comes to football. So I get to actually watch it and go, this is a bad coaching staff. This is a bad general manager with a lot of talent, and they don't know how to win. So, okay, yeah, they get to 9-7. and seven. Uh, you know, more than likely, they probably will because Green Bay will be playing hard in that last game because they're going to get ready because they're going to be the first seed in the NFL or the NFC, right? They get the bye week. So, yeah, they probably will beat Green Bay. But does that change anything? No, it doesn't. What happens if they it go on the... changes oh, nothing. Hold on. Let me, let me just throw out a hypothetical to all of you. Let's just say hypothetically... Let's just say the Packers are even playing for something next week, and the Bears, lo and behold, beat Green Bay. Let's go that far. And they get in the playoffs, and they beat the New Orleans Saints. What What would that – would you – In New Orleans? Yeah. Okay, I'm... Okay, Mark. You know what? Again, I know it's Christmas, um, but that doesn't happen every day. And, oh, by the way, what if and if, if, if come is uh, still the same thing. It's what if. And – Look, does anybody, Ed, help me out here. Do you think they have any chance of winning a Super Bowl or even getting into the playoffs, honestly? No. They might They might get into the playoffs, but win the Super Bowl? You know, like, I know all bets are off when you get in the playoff, and I do understand that. But those are people that have a quality quarterback more often than not. We do not have a quality quarterback. 
We do not have a quality head coach. We do not have a quality general manager. And when you when you get into the playoffs, that's where the coaching you want to talk about where coaching really takes effect. Normally most of the players on each team they're they're pretty equal, you know, up a little bit, down a little bit, but pretty close. Where the difference lies is in the coaching and in the philosophy of how to move and how to attack offensively and how to defend and how to attack offensively and defensively. Yep. That's what Special coaches do. Also. Yep. And that's where that's we're, where we're not capable. Yeah, that's my point, Mark. So yeah, we can all uh, you know, clap our hands and say, Woohoo, we may get to nine and seven. But there's you know, there's quite a few teams. Uh, we're chasing basically Arizona right now, right? That's who we're chasing. Correct. To get into the playoffs in the last spot. Um, we're still a game behind them. Um, and it's, it doesn't, to me, the worst thing that can happen is at this point, uh, they get into the playoffs because then people, the mindless media, will be saying, oh, but if we get rid of these guys, what will we have later or what will it be? Well, if you keep them, it's going to be the same season over and over again. It's going to be like Groundhog Day. You know what, Cause, and I made this point earlier, and I just had it with Adam Hogue. Mitchell Trubisky is playing to save his job, but he's probably saving Nagy and Paces. What do you think the chances of this, you know, Cinderella story and it, it, it going on a run? And and again, like you and Ob have been beating the 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 band, saying it's time for a change. If they win them the next two games. George McCaskey's firing nobody. You know it. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Because he'll listen to the knuckleheads that think, uh, oh, yeah, look at the return. And, you know, Matt Nagy, he made that decision to go ahead and uh, hand over the offense, and that made a big difference. Yeah, it did make a big difference in the last three weeks. I mean, the offensive line all of a sudden learned how to block. Why? Because you had a different coordinator, and yeah, it took a few weeks to figure it out, Ed, for him. But we're running different plays, and we're doing things differently. So the fact that that knucklehead was forced to hand it over, I might add, because I don't believe for one second he just handed it over. You know, somebody probably called him in and said, it's time. We're not going to watch this anymore. Let let one of your assistants call the plays. You know... Listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to make some case, Glenn. Make, let me just go, jump in. Go ahead, Obi. Glenn, I made just made. Did you just say that? just a little bit? The segment before you, I said that was not Nagy's choice to turn over the play calling. I my said my my belief is that nobody will change it. He got somebody. Sit your butt down in here, okay. This is what how you're going to make this announcement. Announcement. You are needing Lazor or however you pronounce his name or D Flip whoever. You are done calling plays, and I would bet money on it that Nagy did not make that decision. I think it was made for him, Glenn. And and thanks for thanks for you saying what you said. Hey, real quick, cause think about this. And again. <clears throat> And I've made this point over the years. An offensive coordinator don't care if the team wins or loses. If he scores 50 points a game, he's rolling. He's going to be a head coach. He don't care. So everybody's got their own agenda. You know that a head coach that laminates his 
individual game plans and then mounts them on his wall of his den in his house. You know, he's got some kind of a, a, a emotional, you know, hang up about calling plays. And you know, for him to have to give it up, OB, <laughs> I mean, that would be like giving up your firstborn, you know? So yeah, no that question. must have been one hell of a meeting. I'd like to have been a fly on the wall. I'm telling you, yeah, it, it, I've told you I'm is. not a gambling man, but I would, I would, I would lay money on it. That's exactly how the hell it went down. He was told, sit down here. You're done calling yeah, plays. It, Cause there's no way that this guy, you know, just listening to him talk every week, blue, blue, blah, 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 blah. He, he doesn't make any sense. And, and honestly, I bet he's a wonderful man and I bet he is, but he's a horrible offensive coordinator. And, you know, that's what I know for certainty. So finally somebody just said enough's enough. We're going to look at it differently. And oh, lo and behold, guess what happened, guys? The line got better. Um, they ran the ball. They're doing things where they split the field in half so our half-witted quarterback can see half the field and make the read. How crazy are those concepts? Have we not been talking about it now for three years? Yeah, exactly. And by the way, Cos, let me just say this. I, I got bad news tonight. Darnell Mooney broke your record for catches as a, as a rookie. <laughs> yeah, when Sorry. He his, <laughs> on his first one. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, week one. <laughs> I, was, I was telling these guys, I, I did an interview with him today for this program I was on, and he is, I'm telling you, he is a killer great kid. Killer great kid. And oh, yeah. anyway, this offense now, as we have seen, it's got... It's got dimension. It's got some depth. It's got some ability, you know, with the running game. And I got to tell you, the offensive line has been the best unit on the Bears football team the last three weeks. Do you not agree? A hundred percent. Yeah. And it was, when did that start to happen? Oh, when we changed the offensive coordinator. And that's a mindset, right? Now the new coordinator, the guy calling the plays, is saying, hey, we're going to pound. We're going to do this. We are going to split the field. you can see the the changing of the offense as subtle as it is. It it jumped out to me that this was a different a different play caller, different philosophy. Took a couple of weeks, but they are you know they're in a they're in a groove. And and you know what? Let's ask the question: Why did it, why do we have to wait till week eleven or twelve to get to that? Because well, it took what the hell did it, we miss here? It took a twelve weeks to pry the play chart out of his hands. <laughs> hey, Glenn, I want you to can't be me fix or be you. Glenn, you can't, <laughs> yes. you can't fix stupid. Okay. No, you can't. So you can't. We'll come and on back, Kazi. We're gonna come on back here, and I've got a soundbite for you. I've played a naggy cut. Uh, we've played two of them tonight. You get to have one for yourself. So we'll do that coming back, and we'll get your reaction. Seven twenty WGN. Stop bears. Stop bears. Seven and seven, getting ready for the Jaguars. Kaz with us till ten o'clock. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. All right, Kazi. Here is your Matt Nagy quote. He was asked about the offensive line and sort of how it has morphed into the power that it is right now. And so um, I'll start off with just saying that again, when somebody goes down with an injury. Um, and sometimes you're forced into, into certain decisions and you see, is a guy ready or not ready? Uh, that happened with us with, with both Sam and Alex. I mean, Alex played center for us and now here he is playing right guard. And 
Sam played center and then got, got hurt and then came back a few weeks later and a Fetty switches over to tackle and, you know, Cody's moving over to left guard. And we had a feeling coming out of the bye that health wise and then position wise, putting these guys in these spots was going to be what's best for this offense, not just in the run game, but in the pass game as well. And, and I think that Juan Castillo with these guys and Donnie Ray, Donovan Rayola, um, just working to their strengths and then keeping a consistency with schematics of what we want to do. So there you go. I, what I liked about it was he just admitted at the start, well, we had a lot of guys that got hurt, so we were forced to play these dudes, even though our job, by the way, as the best coaches in the land, head coach in the NFL, the, 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 you know, the best offensive line coach, you would think that at lining all these guys up, he wouldn't need everybody to fall down for him to figure out, well, oh, wow, actually, this guy can do it, but that's what actually happened. Uh, I, 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 it just shows. It goes to show you over and over again that his ability to evaluate talent and the way that he handled the quarterback situation this year, when it was screaming at him that Nick Foles cannot be successful in the current setup that is the Bears with a bad offensive line that he put out there when there were better players available. I mean, a lot of this is falling at his feet. Am I missing something here? No, he every time he opens his mouth, he uh, proves that he doesn't know much about football. And um, you know, bless his heart, he's made it to the big leagues, and he's running a, a franchise, one of the original franchises, uh, as the head coach. And it's shocking that he's been able to do it, especially when you know just spending time and listening to him in interviews. He doesn't make any sense, and he just. He just talks and talks and just doesn't say anything that makes any sense. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 scary. But every time he talks, he makes himself look worse and worse as a leader and a head coach. Leo, you want to get on in here with Kaz? Go ahead, Leo. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, – good to be talking with you. My question is about the defense. Um, our defense is obviously falling off a cliff last month and I want to know who you guys would want to bring back next year uh, specifically I guess would you trade Cleo Mack uh, would you trade uh, Eddie Jackson and then would you want to keep uh, Chuck Pagano as a defensive coordinator uh, with the next coach uh, I mean the only defensive player I really like is Kyle Fuller since I don't throw to his side uh, his side of the field much I uh, just want to hear what you guys have to say thanks Leo all right Obi you want to take that or you want me to well jump on it, it first well, first and foremost, <clears throat> you can't get better getting rid of your best player. And I know you think Hicks is our best defensive player. That's that he he was hurt and he hasn't been the same. He hasn't been in tip top condition since the hamstring, and he's not the factor that he was say a year ago. Will he be able to reclaim it next year? We don't know. But right now, uh, Mac and Cal uh, Fuller are your two best players. You can't can't let them walk. Now, there's a bunch of young pups that have started to show signs, and I like a lot of what they're doing. And I know that you know you can say what you want about Danny Trevathan. The bus you know left on him, and and we should have kept Quitkowski, but we didn't. All that being said, this defense can be a top ten kind of unit next year. But but but. For whatever reason, Robert Quinn is not a factor, and he got a sack on Sunday, but it wasn't anything of of you know uh, import where he was dominant or did something special. He, 
basically ran up the field and Cousins held the ball, and then he came around the back door and, and tomahawked it out. So all that's good and fine, but, you, you know, and I'll tell you this. The kid that uh, the fifth-round pick from uh, Tulsa. Kendall Vildor. Uh, no, Gibson, the 99. Oh, on Gibson, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, the kid flashes. I'm just telling you, he, I've watched him, and he, and he does a couple of things that kind of, you know, make me go, hey, there could be something there. Well, but all that being said, I think they need a different uh, philosophy. I think they need a diff- different coach. What Pagano does doesn't suit this defense. I, I know that sounds harsh, but we know that this defense with Vic Fangio at the controls, it was a hell of a lot different, a lot different defense. And I think Pagano plays everything way too safe. And I think we got to maybe think yep. about making a change. Leo, what's, I mean, that's a good, you made some couple of good points there, Leo. The one thing, <clears throat> Leo, that, that is a mystery to me, and this is, I really noticed it the last couple of weeks. When it's like third, and as a matter of fact, I think it was in the third quarter, it was like third and eight, and they're showing the sidelines. And guess who's standing on the sidelines? Cleo Mack. That was the second or third time I saw him in the game when it was third and long. Let's just call it like third and long. Now, I, what in the hell, in God's name, is a kid we pay $141 million to, what is he doing standing on the sidelines looking in at the defense out there? Why is he, why is he back in coverage? Why are you paying this kid that kind of money to rush the passer? Down after down, that's what he does best. Why was he, last week, third and eight, Standing on the sidelines. Somebody answer that question. Poor coaching, Ed. Poor coaching. And they just don't know. I mean, it's true. It's the, it's the D coordinator. He doesn't know how to use the talent. No, he doesn't. 9.30, y'all. Kyle's staying with us. We've got a half hour to go here. Plenty of time to get yourself in here if you'd like. 312 981 7200. We've got a gift card to Bartolini's for you to give away as well. News right now, 720 WGN. The playoffs, and we had a bad streak going there, but um, we knew if we stuck together and battled as a family and just kept leaning on each other, um, that we can make a run. And we put ourselves in a position to do so. But at the end of the day, it just comes being—it comes down to being focused one day and one game at a time. And uh, we gotta enjoy this today, but then also go back to work next week. This is where you get out of your seat, Ob, and you do the YMCA. We're all battle as a family. As a family, <laughs> Ob, come on, Kaz, get on up. Do the YMCA. Yes, I'm doing it because Ed has the bomb on. Young man. Well, Glenn, I got your back. Mark's got Dan's back. Dan's got the studio's back. The microphone's got the other microphone's back. And we're all backing backs with a back, so we're backing out of here with a back. We're we're a family, and we've just got each other's back. Oh, my God. I'm just going to tell you. Let me me just tell you guys what's going to happen here. Hamp wants to kill me right now. Mitchell Trubisky's going to move along. You know who's going to sign him? The New England Patriots. You know what? You know what Bill Belichick's going to do with them? They're going to win the damn Super Bowl with Trubisky yeah, in New England. Yeah, and I'll bet you anything you want to bet. <laughs> yeah, hey, Cos, I'll, I'll take that bet too. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cos, and and again, we we want the best for the Bears. We want to see them win. We want to see them thrive. We want to see it, and then we see Trubisky make that Trubisky throw into the end zone for the pick in the fourth quarter. Oh. It, 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 
give him a chance to to you know, give him a chance to win. It's just, I, I, it's um, it's maddening. Well, hold on. Let's talk about that play. You had okay. fi- you had five. Where, where did they throw the ball from? From the like pocket. The there you five? go. Right. Okay. See, the first time they try to act like, oh, we don't have to do the halves, you know, with the half read of the field with the half wit. They want to go conventional pocket passer. What happens? Pick. But oh, okay. Or, or he takes a nine step drop and he gets sacked. I mean, unfortunately. That's what you get with him. I'm not going to dog the kid because I, I think he's been poorly coached, um, uh, you know, as as a quarterback. So maybe he turns out, but, uh, you know, Mark, that's pretty crazy to think that he's going to go to New England because New England, they need a this quarterback. season's going to be interesting because there's, there's going to be a – there's going to be a lot of options for a lot of teams. So it's it really interesting. If he was to go there, that he would walk into the office of Bill Belichick and he would say, it's great to be here, Coach. Do you have my back? Belichick, do I got your back? <laughs> He'd pick up a two-by-four and whack him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have. I'm pretty sure that Mitch is smart enough to not do that. And, I, and Dan, you're right. We, I don't want to be a buzzkill tonight because the Bears have won – Two games in a row. And Two games. Great. Way but too late. Seven and seven, and that's what I'm upset about. Because if you can, if you go in two in a row, why did you lose six in a row? It, there's just no excuse for it. And when you're five and one, there's no reason that you're seven and seven now. That, and, that's and, embarrassing. That's a collapse. Yeah, you know what, Cause? And and again, here we go down that woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, rabbit hole. Where, and I, I, I lose place now, but Trubisky made a comment, and then we played it earlier in the show, I think before you got on, where he basically said, you know, the last couple of weeks we actually actually know what we're doing because we have a game plan we all kind of buy into and we believe in it, and, and we got confidence because, you know what, we didn't have any of that confidence stuff early in the year. And if you're the... You know, if you're if you're the CEO of this football team, you're you're gonna you're gonna basically have the head coach come in tomorrow morning at seven o'clock and go, wait a minute, what's why did the quarterback say they didn't have any belief or confidence in what we were doing up until the month of December? What what the hell were you doing for three months? This was the this is the quote, Cos. Before you respond on what Ham's talking about, yeah, confidence okay. is very important. I would say we're definitely. Uh, I, I don't want to quite say night and day, but our confidence is way up from earlier in the season where it just seemed like we were a little unsure about what we wanted to do, who we wanted to be. We have- what we wanted to do, what we wanted to be, we actually have an idea about that now. Go ahead, Cos. Well, that just tells you again what we've been saying and Ed has been saying since day one. It starts at the top, talking about the head coach, and it filters down. And, you know, you're seeing in the last three weeks, what was what's the difference? Well, they took the play calling away from the head coach, and now we have a legitimate coordinator that's an offensive coordinator that's actually using his mind, looking at his personnel and saying, okay, here's how we can score points. And that's all he's doing. And so it, it just, you know, it's, it's an indictment on uh, the, the organization from general manager to head coach. You guys want to take some calls here? 312-981-7200. Tony, you're looking for a Christmas miracle. Go ahead, Tony. Welcome to WGN. Yeah, yeah, like, 
like uh, you know the movie Die Hard. You know, that, there's a line in the movie that says Christmas is a time for miracles. So, but I'm just saying, for, you know, my point is about because it's Christmas time, and I'm thinking, despite the Bears' record seven seven, and despite the fact that uh, Mr. Trubisky's only, you know, played not many games in college, but look at what happened to Ryan Tannehill. Okay, he, you know, maybe he gave time to develop. He went down to Tennessee. And Trubisky, despite his high draft position that he got picked at, he could develop to a running handle, which is pretty good in down in Tennessee. I, I seen him play, and he, and he, and he Tannehill wasn't good. But then look what had happened to him down in Tennessee. After he got traded. You know. Well, you know why he's really good, though, to answer the question for you? They have the best running back in the league and the best offensive line in front of them. So it makes everybody look a lot better. Um, you know, I'm not taking anything away from what he's done in Tennessee, but doesn't hurt guys to have the best running back in the league. And don't and don't forget, I, I brought this name up five weeks ago. Arthur Smith is the offensive coordinator, and he he I, I, again, what okay, what what do we got here? Quarterback that's had issues, running back that can't be stopped. Well, let's let's build this offense in play action, and that's exactly what they should have done with this you know operation back. The first day of September, but they finally just now in December wake up and smell the coffee and start to figure it out. But you're exactly right, sir, that Tannehill had a rebirth because he wasn't a guy they could build the offense around. But if you build the offense, he can kind of operate it if you do the things that he's capable of. And and they're very similar players, Tannehill and, and Trubisky. Tony. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Tony. Look, maybe I'm the only one. I see a difference in Trubisky since he since coming back from being benched. I see a guy who was angered by it and more resolute in humility. One, yep. There's there's any yep. there, the way they're coming out of the huddle. Even it's like they're coming right to the line. He he just looks. More defiant. I don't. Maybe and maybe he's maybe he's just not that good. But, oh, wait, but whoa, 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 whoa! Before he you start, he doesn't care. I mean, he's like, hey, I'm on borrowed time. I'm going to let it loose. That's what he looks like. A guy that's letting it loose. But still, remember the change in the play calling changes the mm-hmm. tempo, the, the tempo and the dynamic of the offense. Just as different personalities, uh, you know, affect themselves, uh, the, the team in different ways. The same thing. With Bill Lazor, obviously, it's whatever. It's rubbing off. It's working. It's it's a good thing. Let's get yeah, one more. Done a good job. Let's go one more call, Steve. Uh, you want to talk about Ryan Pace, which is also a favorite topic of causes. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, I still don't know how this person be kept. Clearly, the two most important choices of an NFL GM is head coach and quarterback. He's failed both, right? We know quarterbacks, whether Glennon, whether Trubisky, whether Foles. Now he, he, he picked Nagy. Why? For offense. What did he have to, Nagy have to do eventually, after, finally, after two and a half years? Give it to somebody else. That, that clearly, Case cannot judge, and I, I don't know how he stays. And my, my, I, had to, I said one question. Would Lazar be a uh, coach, head coach uh, candidate for other teams if he goes what happens at that point with the Bears offense Steve do you like meatballs how about a little trip to Bartolini's for you 144 the Pulaski and Midlothian they're open seven days a week dine in patio seating to go orders 708-396-2333 you can visit them at Bartolini's.com thanks for your call Steve I had the answer for you <laughs> Laser. 
Do you think any one of the 31 other teams in this league, let's say all 31 of them are looking for an offensive coordinator, do you think that they're going to go to the Chicago Bears and pick an offensive coordinator? No. Not on your life. The answer life. is no. Yeah, so he's he's not going anywhere. And Adam Gase was the guy that we could point at as a, a really good offensive coordinator that hasn't done a very good job in New York. And you could blame it on whatever, but he just hasn't done a good job. They're not coming to Chicago to look for an offensive coordinator or to bring him up as a head coach somewhere else. Totally impossible. Well, they did it with Gase because he was the one guy that We're could... We're talking about now, Mark. I, I understand, OB. I'm saying they did it with Gase because he was the one guy that could really solve the Cutler. Right, right. That's what I'm getting at. But that's, he didn't really solve... I mean, this new OC hasn't necessarily right. solved anything. He's just actually been a legitimate offensive coordinator in the National Football League. That's all. And don't forget, he was out of the league last year. Mike, uh, the offensive line, Juan Castillas, and uh, the tight ends coach, Clancy Barone. And I, I mean, which, in a way, you know, that's kind of, uh, I don't know, a, a great little, you know, sideline story of uh, reclamation and, and redemption. They, they, they got back in the league and, and all that. And to his credit, you just said it a minute ago, Cuz. He's done a good job of trying to make chicken salad here, correct? Hey, yes. hey, hey Glenn. 100%. I, 100%. Glenn, I just, one thing. Nagy fires four offensive coaches last year, okay? And one of the fun of them, I guess they call him offense, was the special teams coach. He got fired. They went 8-8 eight and eight after a 12-5 and five season. And... Who is the guy, one of the guys that gets launched? The special teams coach. Like, he had a lot to do with the offense last year. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and this poor guy standing there and said, oh, by the way, you, you're fired. You got it. Was, he just walked in and said, oh, whoever you want me to fire, I'll fire. I just want to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the offensive, Harry Heastan, who coached the offensive line, incredibly well-respected. And they went through a lot of machinations to finally figure this out. If you had kept the same guy there, maybe you're not in the spot. That I still haven't figured that out. And I'll tell you this: he 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 developed a lot of kids that 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 at Notre Dame that that played and played well in the NFL. And Sam I don't Lucifer's know why it disconnected here, but again, here we go. It was the play caller. That was yep. calling the plays. Think about that. This offensive line coach, things didn't click until the play caller had to give up the play calling sheet. Not, Think not, about it. Hey, 949, let's take one final timeout. We got uh, David, you'll be up first. You're coming on back. Cause run and get my uh, Christmas gift while uh, we go and break. Go get the Christmas you gift, Cause. 720 WGN. We're wrapping her up here. David, thank you for being patient. You've got another comment on Ryan Pace, so go ahead, my friend. Hey, well, I, I can't to make it into the playoffs. And to Kaz's earlier point, if they eke into the playoffs, there's probably not going to be any changes uh, at the top. However, here's a hypothetical for you. If you had to choose between having Ryan Pace manage the Bears next season or Dan Hampton's mom, who do you go with? Hamp? He's asking whether or not you could have a member of your family basically run the Bears and or Ryan Pace. Does anybody in the family have a better chance at this? Problem. Problem. <laughs> Thank you, David. Appreciate you. Uh, Kazi, where do you think yes, 
what 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 chance do you give Jacksonville of jumping up here and doing something special? Well, they're going to play them hard, and it's going to come down like every game for the Bears. It's, it's not going to be a blowout. They're not, they're not going to be Houston. Let's just let's just say that Houston came in and they just laid down. They didn't even they, they gave no effort. Um, so the Jags are going to play hard. They're they're not real talented, but they play hard. So. It's it's not a no-brainer, but the Bears should win the game. And, again, I'm happy that they're winning, but I don't want to be 500 anymore. You, you guys, uh, you know the secret sauce of this game is that Mike Glennon is down there, and he knows what goes on in the inner workings here. Oh, yeah, he knows where the bodies are buried. I mean, when, <laughs> when you've got Glennon as the secret weapon down there, you know, things, yeah. can, things can go sideways here. Well, they, listen, the, the Jaguars, the, their record isn't really the type of team they are. They they come out and they punch you in the face, and they're going to they're gonna play you hard. I, I'm just telling you, I've watched them enough this year that they are not what their record is by any means. They, they have some players that just they just go, and they don't give up, and they really like their head coach, guys, and that, that does matter when you're playing for your head coach. Well, they, they also have huge incentive to lose. They do. And, and, you know, think about this. I mean, Trevor Lawrence would look real good in a Jaguar uniform. And he's from right up the road, you know, that Southeast SEC football, blah, blah, blah. And I know he's ACC, but, I mean, you know, it, 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 it would fit. But we saw the Jets basically give the finger to the number one overall pick. And then we've seen Cincinnati <laughs> unbelievable. go in and take Pittsburgh apart last night. So right. on any given Sunday, anything's possible. And as OB says... And you just uh, alluded to, Cos, it'll probably come down to the last play, uh, another Hail Mary into the end zone. One way or the other. I'm not sure which way it goes. And I'd love to see the Bears just come out and blow them out. But I just I don't think that's their style, and they're not coached well enough to do that. They don't know how to put the foot on the throttle when it's time. OB, any final thoughts here? You called it the Super Bowl last week. I know it's another Super Bowl this week. That, that's the way I look at it. How, how else could you look at it? There, there's no tomorrow. There, you know, there's not a Monday. Okay? It's Sunday. And you better go up there and take care of business. And what's more important than that, a healthy and wonderful Merry Christmas to all. And for God's sakes, a healthy and prosperous 21 for all. Amen. Amen, and, amen indeed. By the way, uh, don't forget tonight is the double planet Christmas star. You can see it outside. Uh, when we uh, when we go out and load up in the, uh, the, the, the big Chevy OB. But I also want to say, because uh, I don't know if you knew him, Kevin Green played 15 years. He passed away yesterday. He was inducted yep. in the NFL Hall of Fame five years ago. And, and, and again, folks, I... A lot of guys I like, a lot of people I don't like. Kevin Green was special. He was a great, great human being and a great man. And, boy, I tell you what, it was terrible news to hear. 58 years old? Yep. Yeah. And, and yep. Speaking, yep. Of, speaking of that, all, all of us on the show, uh, maybe, you know, know David Kaplan. Some of us have been close with Cap for a long time. His, oh, yeah. His mom passed away. Uh, so condolences to, to Cap and, Absolutely. And, and his family. Um, and I and I, since we're going down that road, one one, one of my best friends uh, lost his sister uh, recently as well. And so to the to the Frank family, just a phenomenal, phenomenal family. Condolences from all of us as well. Yeah, you know, you mentioned about Green at fifty eight years old. Mike Muller just buried his son a few weeks ago, and Glenn was fifty eight. I saw the Mullers uh, today, by the way. Yeah. At any rate, 
We ended it up on negative note, but hey, we're coming back. Uh, but Merry Christmas to each and all. And, uh, right. Stay healthy. We, yeah, yeah, stay healthy, and we'll look forward to the Super Bowl train rolling on through. Chew, chew, baby. It is rolling. All right, Kazi, thank you, brother. We'll see you next week. All right, love you guys. Sam love Mar- you guys. Merry Christmas. Christmas. And, hey, next Tuesday we're on 4 to 7. 4 to 7 next week, Kaz. Four Get to up s- early. 4 to 7. Get up early. 720 WGN.